0: In this episode of the Too Fit Podcast...
1: We can adopt a continued education mindset too, just because we're curious enough to see what is possible when we step out of the comfort zone that our mind has put us in and have fun learning and trying new things. Are you ready to
0: push the boundaries of performance mentally, physically, and everywhere in between? Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast where the two fit guys uncover the tips, tools, and tactics from elite performers in the fields of health, nutrition, athletics, and business that will set you up for success, deliver results, and help you on your journey to becoming too fit. Now, let's get started with your hosts, Jake and Josh, the two fit guys.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Two Fit Podcast. Jake and Josh here. And we're back. We are back. Live, in action, at it. And today's guest was on fire, (laughs) wasn't he? During this interview, I mean... He was. The man, TJ Anderson, has a lot going on, and he shares his passion on this episode and just... Like I said, on fire. Yeah, he's really an incredible guy.
0: And what I liked about him, what we kind of talked about right after the interview was, one, he's got such a great story and it's let him down. He's got so many experience just in this health hacking world. He's actually spent the last two years writing this book called The Art of Health Hacking, which is about to launch. And I really thought that was going to be more of the interview. You know, a lot more of these biohacking tips, you know, gadgets, routines, etc., but we got so much more out of it, you know, because I think during the interview, it came out that we're just on, you know, all three of us, at least are on the same page on you know, like life relationships, you know, so much more than just this biohacking, you know, kind of the, Tools, the new yeah. words. Yeah,
2: this episode got deep. It got pretty deep. <laughs> and I thought it got real. And I think everyone's really going to enjoy it because it was a lot of insightful content, just raw truth, you know? Yeah, and I mean, at one point there's great says that your intuition
0: is a birthright. How deep is that? I've never thought about that before. Yeah,
2: it's really deep. A lot, TJ does, he poses a lot of questions that make you reflect. Things that you would want to journal about, things that you would just want to meditate on, and things that will open your mind. Like, you know, ask yourself a certain question and it totally changes your perspective Mm -hmm. on the situation. Yeah,
0: he's definitely a very self-reflective guy.
2: And I think uh, our listeners are going to get a lot out of it.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Take it to the next level. And he's kind of, it's those questions that, Get down to the point of what is holding me back in life. No matter what area it is, whether that is caffeine or alcohol or or certain habits, routines, etc., these questions and just his mindset in life is going to help you get out of that rut and get to that next level.
2: Yeah, I think that's what I know. I really appreciate about T.J.'s. Although he is totally researched and and deep into the hacking, you know, he really kind of explains what hacking is. It's a lot more than just grabbing these sexy gadgets that you see on TV or the internet or at a conference, and going much deeper into, you know, who you are as a person and and kind of where to start on this almost yeah. self, you know, reflective self-correction course.
0: Yeah, more importantly, once you hear a story, he tells you how not to biohack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, which may have ended up with him in the emergency. No, it definitely did, definitely <laughs> did. But yeah, this is a great episode. We really enjoyed it. And we know you will, too. Ah! All right, TJ, welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So let's dive right in. (laughs) (laughs) What is hacking or health hacking, biohacking, whatever label we want to put on it? Because I feel like it's a term that gets thrown around. A lot of people might not truly understand what that term means or how to approach it. So could you enlighten us on the art of hacking?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, you bet. So, and as you mentioned, there is many different definitions and we all kind of have our own spin on this kind of approach, but on a fundamental level, the book, The Art of Health Hacking and what health hacking means to me is radical personal health optimization. And creating clarity on what it means really to optimize and our relationship with looking to both improve our health and simultaneously approve ourself in the moment. So that's where I like to kind of live personally in my life and where I've had the most growth and evolution personally. And, but at the end of the day, like health hacking is an opportunity for people to not necessarily take control of their health, (laughs) <laughs> but have next level intention and influence on how they think, how they feel and how they function throughout their days. You know, so that's, that is kind of foundational to it. And then the artful side. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, I mean, that's the title of the book is the art of health hacking. And the part of the premise is that we don't lack the science information or technology to live healthy. We lack the art. <laughs> TJ original. Exactly. To know how to use those things properly. So how can we become more creative and artful in our approach towards learning about something new in our health, in our lifestyle and experimenting and taking action, right? Right at that edge. Leonardo da Vinci had a great quote about how he's been impressed by the urgency of doing being willing is not enough. We must do, we must take action. We must experiment. And that's one of my, idols so I really look up to as a trailblazer when it comes to having intention and influence in your own life as the self-teacher that Da Vinci was. I'm not sure how familiar you are with him, but that's my, how I see the art of health hacking and, and a great question. Well, <laughs> it,
2: it sounds like it's much more about empowerment, not only for yourself, but to share with others and taking that kind of into your own hands and, and creating your own understanding of your body, how it works and what you can do to improve it, rather than kind of that like hack shortcut, you know, to kind of bypass the right way to do things.
1: Totally, 100%. Yeah, so it's like the term hacking can get a bad rap, right? From the terms of like stealing people's information. So like we hear, if you Google health hackers right now, you'll see some of my stuff from Health Hackers Unite community I've ran on Facebook, but you'll also see like hacker stuff about people's health information getting stolen. And then there's the idea that you can just hack everything and take the shortcut to your point. And it kind of integrates a little bit of the philosophy of of kind of shortcuts in like very holistic, sustainable way.
0: Yeah, I think I read a quote by TJ that said, we don't lack the experts in the health and fitness field, we just lack the self experts.
1: Yes, that is one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, Yeah, that I wrote in the book. Yeah, you said it, man. Like. (laughs) I, I get it. really excited. No, I know. <laughs> it is, it's crazy. But it's when that hit me, as you can tell, I got, got excited about that. And that's kind of part of my story. Like I didn't go to undergrad for a health degree, a fitness degree, a nutrition degree. And I got into health after college and went through other different coach training certifications, some other work around like top health and lifestyle, like at YMCA, gym at a healthy living center, I was also like an insanity group fitness instructor, I got trained in that. And so I've, I've got like different pieces with health coaching and fitness space that like, you know, I realized along the way, as I started to learn more about myself, but and also learn more about health, I started to get into health coaching, want to help others. And I learned at the end of the day, like, you know, we have all this health information in the world, which is great. And we have experts. And to your point, like, what you said, the quote, like, we don't like the health experts in our world. We lack the self-experts. You know, I think that quote allows people to see it in a very simple way, but you know, what does that mean? You know, you can become your own health coach, right. right? You can become your own doctor. You can learn a little bit about the science of key areas that impact your health. And you can also learn about sustainable behavior change, right? At the end of the day, a lot of the work that I've been in, you know, and and you guys I'm sure have as well, but so, but what are your thoughts on that and how that, can make an impact in our society.
0: Oh man, that'd be huge. I mean, I think, I think you said it. Anybody who wants to optimize their own health, what's the first thing they do? You know, they go do the Google search or they go find somebody else who is experts. And that's what, you know, I think all of us right here are trying to do is provide great quality content. Some of those people go there, they're actually are able to improve their health and not be detrimental, especially in our space with our in the supplement world, that's been the MO of the supplement industry here lately. And that's a whole nother topic and could be a whole nother podcast. For but, sure. Uh,
2: but no, I think you said it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, you kind of touched on it, TJ. It's what people, what they do with the information, right? There are so many apps. There are so many websites. There's so much information at hand. And maybe people know where to kind of scratch the surface, but then it's, how do you boil it down into a simplistic manner and then make that actionable and effective? and i think that is the trigger point where people they kind of get there and then they just don't know what to do with it or they get overwhelmed right with information overload and so i think it's just slicing and dicing those areas of saying hey here are the key you know 3 to 5 points that are going to get you on the right path yeah
1: totally
2: or even in the traditional medical
0: field i mean compliance is always the biggest issue
1: you know and that term yeah, yeah. your compliance what does that mean and how where did that term come from and and so i Talk a little bit about in the book about the history of our US healthcare system and specifically the role of, of paternalism, if you guys are familiar with that. But paternalism proposes that there is a um, higher level of sort of like a fatherly element to an experience where it's almost like doctor's orders type of thing. That sort of energy has been like ingrained in like a lot of. Our system and in like health associations, you can see it in the symbol of, of some of the really famous health associations that are out there right now. Uh, paternalism. I read that Dr. Eric Topol talks about that mm. in his book. The patient will see you now. Great read. And but it's right. The problem of compliance. So the last two years, to give some other context, you know, I've, I've done health coaching like myself for others. I've you know done sales and marketing in this space, and but I've also done like healthcare. Consulting. So it's a really interesting background. These last two years, I've been leading sales for a health coach training organization. And we train thousands of patient facing health professionals inside of traditional Western medicine, some uh, complementary and alternative, but mostly we train specific skill sets for nurses, care managers, social workers, some nutritionists, and some physicians, et cetera as behavior change specialists so we've been providing like cmes and ceus and and doing like large-scale health coach training for large health systems across the country over the last two years and the language that's being used right now is all about patient engagement and patient activation Hmm. those are these two terms right so how can we engage the patient both and outside of the practitioner's office and how can we activate the patient to or empower a patient to take an active role in their health. And it's a great movement and I'm a big fan of it when it's done right, you know? But yeah, that's the whole compliance is going out the window because the patient, the consumer, they're driving the future of healthcare, 100%. Right.
2: TJ, when you're in there, what if when you're training these professionals, what are some of the most archaic mindsets or philosophies maybe that you find either from a patient relationship standpoint or a, even a nutritional you know, therapy standpoint?
1: Great question. And I love how you say nutritional therapy because it really is a therapy and it's becoming more and more respected that way. Nutrition is. And the Nutritional Therapy Association, those guys, I'm friends with those guys, they're doing great work. But anyways, I digress. Your question around what I've seen inside as it relates to like the major sort of topics, that the archaic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when it comes to communication, which some will say like communication can be everything that's a whole nother topic. But when it comes to communication from like body language to actual words that you say, but also as you guys probably know the importance of how you say them, that's a big element of the training for this organization. Uh, It's called the clinical health coach. If people want to check it out, clinicalhealthcoach.com is that organization that I've been working with for the last two years and bringing that training to professionals to go through. But we like to say we support people, and professionals that we train from going from uh, do, teach, and tell to ask, listen, and inspire. Hmm. So the archaic model is do, teach, and tell, which we go through, I should say, health professionals go to school to, and nutritionists, physicians, nurses, and they acquire so much knowledge. And the way to communicate with patients, through empowerment, wasn't involved in any of their trainings. And so the problem is they have all this knowledge and they just think that the patient's just waiting for them to to be taught and told, but no one really wants to be taught and told what to do all the time. I mean, it's like, whoa, fascinating, but it's true. So that's a big archaic piece is uh, going from do, teach, and tell to ask, listen, and inspire. And then dogmas that you're familiar with, of course, low fat, for example, uh, when it comes to nutrition and man, just like, oh. About a year ago, I, I went to the ER, surprise visit. Yeah. I think I told, may have mentioned this too, but I had, um, I had low sodium. And after uh, the whole debacle story, which maybe I'll share about in a second, they suggested I drink Gatorade. And like my liver was hurting just thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Thank you for caring. Um, <laughs> but, you know? but anyways, yeah. So those are some of the archaic. Pieces I've seen. What? How did that land for you guys? Um, I think along the
2: same lines. My mom's a nurse, and so she'll she's very much in the current topics and research. But I'll have conversations with her. She'll shoot me a text message about something she heard at a conference or from a you know yeah. quote unquote nutritionist, and and it's it doesn't anger you so much. You can't be angry about it. It's just it's like you wish the information was either more available or even the people who are already in the field were constantly pursuing continual education. On those topics because I think so many people get stuck in their own ego of their previous learning process and they say that doesn't agree with my thought or my philosophy or what I learned before therefore it's not true and instead of the mindset of hey we're all constantly learning the ability to say hey you know what what I taught for the last decade wasn't really the best thing and I need to face that admit it and start teaching what is right you know and I think as as long as you kind of approach it in this evolving manner then you know you evolve or die. You're gonna be left by the wayside, or uh, yeah. I just think you gotta constantly be in that mindset of learning. I think so many people get stuck in their fields teaching the same thing, and then it's all just turns into a confirmation bias. Yeah, totally. Man. I mean, I think what
0: you, you said—the problem isn't uh, isn't the actual learning. I mean, like the medical students said, they have no problem learning things, right? It's what's being taught. Is the same, same thing that's been being taught for. For multiple decades now and they're not even taught about nutrition i mean they can all draw out glycolysis and the krebs cycle to the very last detail but they you really have no practical
1: knowledge of what that means or what that does so 100 totally man anyhow. yeah yeah well and it's another key element to understand is is you know how exactly uh like one of the other elements that i'm passionate about is like helping people build their own healthcare team and their own self-care strategy. Now, sometimes those overlap, but when it comes to building their own healthcare team, really doing the research on like, what's the most important data to consider measuring that leads to optimal health, peace, mm-hmm. power, and you know less sickness down the road and longer quality of life, but understanding how your professionals were trained, what they were trained in, uh, and how that relates to lifestyle and mm-hmm. prevention, you know? so. Yeah, I think like to your point around continued education, or another way to look at it for what I like to call like self-coaches when one's looking at like optimizing their own health or health hackers or biohackers, whatever language is used. But uh, as a self-coach, we can adopt a continued education mindset too, you know, just because it feels right, just because we're curious enough to see what is possible when we step out of the comfort zone that our mind has put us in and have fun learning and trying new things you know and and so that's that's a uh, pretty fundamental to the process in my opinion
2: tj i'm interested though if if you wouldn't mind going back how did you end up in the
1: emergency room with those low sodium <laughs> yeah <laughs> open loop open loop yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that so i was i was sharing the story with mike bledsoe a week or two ago and we talked about talked about it a little bit off air but so a few years ago, so I modeled in Miami. Let's give some context here. And so when I got into health coaching and fitness, like I saw this opportunity to like flirt with like the fitness fashion photography, get it. And I got into modeling in Miami to use it as like a platform, to, like spread my message of health and wellness to the world. <laughs> here I was like doing like hit insanity training like twice a day, not eating enough food, let alone enough fat. And like my six pack wasn't good enough for the cameras. (laughs) It was a very unhealthy experience and and kind of got caught up in that Miami lifestyle. And that's right when I started learning about Bulletproof. And that's right when I started learning about high fat. And uh, I read The Grain Brain, for example, when I was down in Miami. And then I got home and to Iowa and I got into Bulletproof. And so on and off in the last two plus years, I've been experimenting with a ketogenic diet. So, as you're familiar with, high fat, quality fat, low carbohydrate, and moderate protein, with the idea to be to completely shift how the body burns fuel, but also serve as preventative measure, right? And optimize brain cognition. Lots of lots of reasons and benefits of the ketogenic diet. Uh, they're not just used for therapeutic uses, but the prevention side is tricky there still. And I didn't have like a full plan to, to follow. I didn't have the mindset and principles of that. I do now around self-experimentation and how to kind of measure progress and build your own feedback loops when it comes to behavior change and measuring success like that. And so anyways, a ketogenic diet can dehydrate one if not, uh, properly handling the mineralization, the the macros, uh, et cetera. And so, I had too much bulletproof coffee in particular morning as well. So I'm a bulletproof ambassador. So I got involved with the organization as an ambassador and put on demos like around the community. And this one was at Lululemon. And so this particular morning I was at the brunch after I led this demo at Lululemon, honestly, it was for Valentine's day. So this was like, (laughs) here we are recording this a day after Valentine's day. And so I collapse at brunch, go unconscious and I like come out of the bathroom and, fall on all, all floors, on all fours to the floor. And my, my sister comes and finds me. She brings me over to a booth and she thinks it's a food allergy. This is where it gets funny. She thinks it's a food allergy. We don't know, but we come to find out later it's not, uh, let alone, so lo and behold, I get a EpiPen lodged in my right leg and I come to, and I've got energy, I'm awake, Uh, We call the ambulance. They come, take vitals. I think I'm okay. I might go to quick care. We don't know what's going on. We send the the ambulance away again. I start feeling crappy again. My sister (laughs) hits me with a second epi. So I get two epi pins in each leg. We call the ambulance back. I take the ER down to the hospital. And I spend the next three hours in there. And they're getting me some fluids. I'm having no conversations to really understand what's going on in my body with any of the practitioners. I didn't see a physician. didn't see a physician. And then, uh, so that, that was a low sodium issue. I got my lab work back two days later. Uh, my sodium was 129, which is deathly low. Sodium in the 120s is deathly low, as you guys may know. And potassium and chloride were, were off a little bit as well, but, so I wasn't having proper electrolytes and mineral balancing in my diet, and wasn't having enough salt, and, and had too much caffeine. And I, and passionate about people waking up and realizing uh, that they can look at the relationship with everything that brings them energy including caffeine and know that these are tools and they're not necessarily essential. So uh, it requires a healthy relationship.
0: <laughs> so what, so what does my, that look like for you now? How do you treat caffeine
1: now as you take a sip of your coffee there? <laughs> so this is a <laughs> is that tonic. Decaf? Oh nice. That is a tonic that my lady just made me. Oh yeah. So we're in a San Francisco hotel right now and I I fly out in a few hours and we're kind of on the road. We've been on the road for the last two weeks and she's got her like traveling tonic bar. Basically. It's awesome. I don't know exactly what she put in this one, but yes. So I do a lot of decaf now. Okay. And I do more salt and I'm eating more hydrating foods than I was. And I'm not as like, like focused on being perfect with keto either, you know? And so yeah, that's those are some changes I've made.
0: Are there yeah. any tangible you know differences that you've seen since uh since enacting that?
1: yeah, I mean more than anything, I mean there's been like behavior changes that I've made like I mentioned, but like overall, like now that it's kind of getting into the breath in the moment here, it's been for me, it's just an overall lesson of slowing down, yeah, you know, and why did we get like I wanted to ask myself, why did I get caught up in bulletproof coffee and wanting to get into this stuff and hacking and getting more work done. And I felt like there was this energy of getting more work done in less time. And it just didn't feel right. So I just overall tangible differences is like, I'm listening to my nervous system. I let my body temperature guide me. I do a lot of breath work and, and cold water therapy. And I've just, I'm changing how I move. And, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's applies instructor. Uh, Amanda. So she's. I don't know. It's been a lot of changes over the last year, but I've through all of those, I've noticed just a lot more like peace and and clarity and clean energy. You know.
2: How are you monitoring yeah. your nervous system through HRV?
1: Yeah, I've done some HRV work. i also like sometimes like experiment with doing HRV without the technology too. You know, like uh, heart centered breathing in general and just being mindful of the thoughts and, and the feelings. And, um, but yeah, I've, uh, nervous system monitoring. I'm doing some, I've had, I had some testing this last year and I had some chiropractic work. And, uh, so another past life story for me was, um, and I'm not making this up. It's just crazy, but, um, I was a mascot, <laughs> I guess, I swear. uh, I was a mascot in college. I was at the university of Iowa. Where are You guys from originally? That sounds like a hell of a good Texas, time. <laughs> dude. It was, man. <laughs> she wore the costume and everything. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can see it now. We're get, that's going to be the front
1: picture of this interview.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, me is Herky the Hawk, so this black and gold mascot. Oh man, yeah. So, out of Iowa City, Iowa, I'm fourth generation Hawkeye. So, I grew up in Des Moines and went to school at the University so were, of Iowa. You were born for this. Totally, and my dad was Herky the Hawk as well. No way. The fraternity used to house it when he was there. And you can imagine the animal house stories, right? But I tried out when I got to campus and did it for two and a half years. And so anyways, through that experience, I had some C6, C7 issues. And from this 40 pound head (laughs) that I was wearing, it was very bad. So uh, that's affected my nervous system. Yeah, to your, to your question.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like a great time still. But there I know another question uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with caffeine, just because it's another substance that I know us Americans love, and that's the, uh, the alcohol. And I know you said during kind of your college years and probably during this mascot time, you know, there are some parties and everybody has their own relationship with alcohol, and it really hits a peak, I think, when you are in college. So can you expand pour, more just upon your own relationship with it and what you've come to today and how you view and treat alcohol today
1: yeah alcohol man oh yeah so I didn't wake up around the relationship with it until well I started waking up in college like junior senior year like I don't know there's one time where like I was coming off a bender like three days in a row like I was in a fraternity and like we partied hard you know and one of the days I literally felt like I was gonna die (laughs) and I went to like student health and like I was trying to get some nutrients in me and my sister was on campus taking care for me, uh, taking care of me and like, I'll never forget that. And it's like, I, I told myself, I never want to feel like this again, it was horrible. And so that's when I started cutting back alcohol intentionally, but I still drank often, you know? So it was just about the quantity in, at each time. I was actually on a, a committee for s- student alcohol abuse uh, at the University of Iowa. And it was really fascinating, the work that they were doing with like Alcohol, EDU, and and it's it's come a long ways. Uh, but now I'm, yeah. But either ways, I personally, my big change happened after I returned home from Miami. So modeling kind of like woke back up that party atmosphere, that party lifestyle in me. And, and that's when I came home and actually literally about almost three years ago. I come home and I start a 30 day no alcohol challenge on Facebook and had like 30 some people go through it with me. And I did it because I wanted to, I got clear on my relationship with alcohol and I was going to help people do the same. And we did that. And it was great. And then after that, like a month or so later, so I took 30 days off alcohol, saw a lot of benefits, so did everyone else. And then I just didn't do much with the group, but that actually is now the Facebook group and, and, Uh, program that James Swanwick runs, which you might be familiar with, him and I, he came to me and I gave him the Facebook group. Uh, That's when we all, I got connected with Bulletproof. And so anyways, funny backstory there. Cool. Um, That's how it all started. But yeah, I created that my own challenge. And then I realized that like, I can have a lot of fun without alcohol. So what sort of marginal benefit is it going to like bring me? And does it take me out of my authentic self, and is it good for me? and you know, like thankfully, there's companies like Dry Farm Wines who I'm a big fan of, who you guys know those guys there, Todd and the whole gang is are doing great things to help people drink healthier alcohols. but you know, like last night, I was telling you guys before we went on air, I'm with my girl Valentine's Day, we had some tequila last night and and now we're hacking away with our with our charcoal and our green juice <laughs> there you so, go.
0: Well, I know read yeah. right on, on one of your websites, you say, you know, the people that you coach, you like to ask them these simple questions specifically about alcohol that that makes profound changes in their relationship with alcohol. So I just want to know maybe what are some of those questions that our, our listeners can ask themselves?
1: Mm. Great. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, getting clear on your why, on your purpose with everything is fundamental. You know, they say the roots create the fruit. I don't know if you've ever... I heard that simple phrase to rhyme and remember, and the reason why your purpose for doing something, how conscious is it? Like how, how aware are you of the experience of it? So that requires some truth telling. So, uh, which is, you know, so, and, and also getting real with how you feel. So questions are great. And I have some specific questions, which I provide like self-coaching frameworks in the book, but also like these principles of like getting real with how you feel, in the moment like before you're consuming it like during consumption and after uh because i think there can be a healthy relationship with the substance sure you know and that's not black and white however it's that and caffeine are some of our most abused drugs you know to be quite honest in, in this world so other questions would be what might it be like to try not drinking alcohol for X amount of days, whatever might feel right. You know, whatever whatever might be successful, could be successful for them. So what might it what might it be like? How can I enlist support from others and ask for help along that, that journey? Because we're not alone in this journey at all. Uh, <laughs> not alone at all. And kind of just build your own accountability team. And those are principles I like to, to equip people with.
0: That's awesome. That's great for, that's great advice for anything.
1: Yeah.
2: Like just kind of fill in the blank. Is this bread and pasta every night worth X, you know, or is X worth X, you know, and I liked what you touched on there is how do I feel before consumption, during consumption, after consumption, you know, cause it's like the brain is wired where if it's seeking that craving of this piece of cake, right. Every night, or you condition that and it's like, man, I'm craving that. Then I eat it. Oh, it's great. And then after I feel terrible about myself, like, I almost look at it like that guilt afterwards is never worth mm-hmm. anything during the moment because it's so short-lived.
1: A hundred percent, yeah.
2: And that's not to say you can't indulge on, you know, something you really like occasionally, but it's when it becomes a routine and regular in your life and th- then possibly a hindrance, I think definitely to your point, that's where you kind of look at it, ask that question, is, is the juice
1: worth the squeeze here? <laughs> yes, yes, no No pun intended. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had to pull. I mean, that was, <laughs> come on. Uh, is the juice worse than the squeeze? Yeah. And I think another way to, uh, thanks for reflecting on that. I felt like you, I, I think you guys are great listeners. I really appreciate you guys ask really good questions as well. And that's one other piece that like a mentor of mine, I heard Raj Lahodi in, and Encinitas, a good friend of mine does a lot of work in purpose-driven business and, uh, for benefit businesses, which we talked a little bit About that side passion of mine earlier, but he has a quote or he got a quote from someone and it says, Smart people have answers, geniuses have questions. I like that. And then I posted that on Facebook and my other friend said, Yeah, and wizards have both. (laughs) So who knows? But yeah, yeah, I think having both is great. But, anyways, you guys asked great questions there. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say, which I think is, I believe is really fundamental to evolving and exploring the human experience in like a healthy, sustainable way is realizing the things that we have dependence on in the intention to just notice those things that we have, uh, dependence on that are essential, really essential, such as clean air, high quality water, uh, quality nutrients, uh, spending time around people and the environment, sunlight, right? So those kind of, I mean, the Maslow's stuff, like the hierarchy of health hacking, as I like to call it, like those fundamental essentials. But really, as you go up the, the ladder or the triangle, whatever it is, and realizing that the more we can minimize the things that we're dependent on, the more freedom we can create in our life. At least that feels true for me. Mm-hmm. You know? I definitely so, yeah, man. Like, am I dependent on like Epsom salt baths for stress management? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I love them. I feel great. Like, you know, like cycling on and off things is another great principle for people to, you know, from your supplement world. Like, what are your thoughts on the principle of cycling, nutrition and supplements and behaviors, et cetera?
2: I think almost everything that you consume in your body should be, well, one, it should be dose dependent and should be situation dependent. I think there are only a handful of things that the body, can utilize a need on a daily basis that does not replace or kind of negatively replicate the human body's own production so because there are many supplements people think that they need to take on a daily basis and they add more and more pills maybe they're great ingredients maybe they're great products and they have their place but there are plenty of studies and research that shows supplementing with certain nutrients will actually downregulate the body's natural production and processes. So I think that if you look at it in context, I, I certainly think cycling off and on certain nutrients and performance nutrition products is key. And then again, I think there are a few staples that you can take day in and day out that have massive benefits that, that don't really have a tolerance buildup. Totally. Yeah. I guess Well
0: put just to piggyback on that I believe that everything yeah. is on a bell curve you know there's a there's an opposite side to everything you can overdo everything and just as an example if we're, we're speaking nutrition even if you eat eggs too often your own body will recognize that eventually as an allergen you know so that's kind of the the crazy part to me I love mm-hmm. eggs so I don't know if I'm riding that fine line I'm probably right at the top of the bell curve about to about to
1: tip over <laughs> but we'll see don't scare me with that, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to become allergic to eggs. I had to customize a dinner order last night. Like, can you cook three eggs in butter? Like my body needed the nutrients after a workout. But yeah, you're right. The bell curve. I love how you, I love how you put that and allowing people to like realize that it can be like a flow of cycling on and off. And mm-hmm. there's like the element of listening to the body, you know, and then there's, which is, I mean, I mean, intuition is one of the most beautiful like human skills. I don't know, like, I, it might be, able to be a skill set to like tap into intuition, but I also think it's a birthright too, you know? But then there's like getting feedback on like the science of what's going on inside of your body and getting clear on genetic testing, blood testing, micronutrient deficiency testing, you know, those sorts of like putting all the packages together under what i like to call like you know the inner game of health right um that intuition and also like measure what matters and so like what are some of those tests to measure what are your thoughts on that space you what got you, into I that love what
2: you started with there on kind of the the self-reflection intuition of what you're what's happening inside a personal story so jake and i love breakfast food that's not like Anybody that follows us on social or anybody involved, like absolutely knows whatever city where we're traveling, even if it's at home, we will dominate breakfast food any day of the week, anytime. Nice. So yeah. Just the other day, we found a new breakfast spot, and um, I'm pretty much no dairy, no bread, no grains, nothing. Been high fat for a long time. But anytime I do, I'm always aware of if I have some sort of sugar content or a little bit of bread. And so the other day, I knew we were going to have a pretty strong leg day that afternoon. So I had like a little bit of a pumpkin pancake, right, with three eggs and some bacon. And even that little bit, I've not- I noticed this a long time ago, but still now I pay attention to it. I will get inflammation, particularly in my nasal passages um, uh-huh. and difficulty breathing. So not, not like difficulty, like short of breath. Just I notice, man, that's like I can still breathe, obviously, but that's a key telling point that what I just consumed is having a negative reaction in my body. And I think so many people go through their day, daily life where it's just that's normal or they don't even recognize that, oh, my, my left nostril feels kind of plugged up now. Uh, must be allergies. Now, it could be the food, you know, or it could be the wrong supplements or whatever. And I think really paying attention to that, focusing on your breathing, um, as you talk, talk a lot about in your book, focusing on your breath, focusing on the foods during and after, and even your environment, you know, I think can make profound impacts. Totally, man. Yeah. And to be completely honest, I love the little bite of pumpkin pancakes. So I'll totally sacrifice a little, you know, uh, stuffiness for a couple hours.
1: It was well worth it. Totally. Yeah. We, when making decisions like rooted in what's optimal, you can sometimes look into the joy and the emotional benefit that you can receive in a, in a healthy way. Right. So not like, like, oh, I'm going to be a glutton on this unhealthy dessert, right? But you hacked it because you know how to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just, it boils
2: down to, I love this. Uh, I had a mentor tell me all the time, you know, it always boils down to uh, what you're doing right now. It's either moving you further to or closer to your goals, right? Further
1: away or closer to your goals. So glad you said that. A hundred percent. And that is like, that statement is like an opportunity for like, boom, you cannot like, not look at yourself clearly right there. You know what I mean? And really ask yourself um, like, Oh wow. Ooh, am I resisting to that? Is that true? Like, where's our opportunity for growth for that, you know, and not necessarily putting like attachment to things and, but knowing that the journey can just be beautiful when we look to, I don't know. It's like, for me, it's like, when I want to improve something, I'm also going to be really intentional about approving myself throughout that process otherwise because i don't know if you follow james clear or any other other work around like goal setting or the trans theoretical model of behavior change and just kind of what the science looks like out there goals in particular can drive unhappiness if you don't have the right relationship towards them and you don't approach them in the right way right so the idea of like short-term versus long-term goals or micro and macro is one way to look at it, but I love what clear says uh, about like creating systems and it's not necessary. I don't know if this was clear or someone else, but no, it was a different, it, it was someone else. I'll find the quote, but uh, it was that the importance isn't just that you have the plan or that you have like have the best plan or have the best goal. But it- the important thing to do is just ensure that you're having the goal planning process and you go through the planning process mm-hmm. in general. And that distinction, is what's more important. And then you can have a little bit more flow and an attachment to the exact outcome. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I like that a lot. One thing I want to ask, TJ, I mean, you've been at this health optimization experimentation for, you know, seven years now. You've been writing the book, the last two. You've experimented with all sorts of different things that, uh, you know, we're familiar with, but not maybe everybody is, like the grounding, the fasting, high-fat diets, bulletproof coffee, nootropics, (laughs) bare feet. Uh, the barefoot movement, you know, everything yeah. under the sun. I'm curious to know throughout all this time, what is your, the 20%, you know, the 20% of these practices, what have you plucked from that you think leads to 80% of your of your results?
1: The people I surround myself with and the conversations that I'm having mm. with myself and others and really cultivating, really cultivating intuition and like radical self-love and self-acceptance and Uh, yeah, I guess the other 20% is within all those other, I mean, the actual hacks and the behaviors is, is I guess, and through the idea of surrounding yourself with the right tribe, Mm -hmm. that can be tricky too. Uh, and I want to comment on that because, you know, it's a great thing to want to surround yourself with positive, uplifting people that are in the similar mindset and values system and core beliefs that you have. But it's also, we also can have a chance to help call people forward in different areas of their own life. And that's why an element of of the book and my approach is to help empower people to empower others, like friends and family. So how can we be like a health coach for ourselves, but also for our friends and family? Sometimes it can be tricky with family. I mean, I I know firsthand and you guys can probably relate, you know, the more passionate you are about, about someone and the more you care about someone else, like the more you want to help them, but it can sometimes not always be the easiest to have that sort of relationship with a close family member, but adopting that, the mindset of, of like not giving up on people and calling yourself and others forward is what I found can be really beautiful in terms of fulfillment. You know, health hacking is, is one thing, but at the end of the day, like we also want to just feel fulfilled and uh, happy and yeah, love.
0: Can't hack that.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the, the good question with the 20%. But I, 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 mean, I'd also throw like measure what matters. So many people are not measuring what matters. We were just walking on the street, San Francisco, over hearing people talk about the calorie game a lot. And I'm like, Oh wow. People are still like counting calories or measuring calories. Mm-hmm. And like, why might they not consider doing that? And like helping them see that is I think fundamental. It's our calling as we learn these things to like have conversations with people to like, Ignite an idea for them to explore on their own, you know. So, yeah, and that just comes down to like not being afraid. Or if you feel fear, do the thing you fear, then the death of fear is certain. So, yeah. How does how does that land? Is that I know I'm talking a lot, but you caught me. That's
2: great. I love that message because you know. We've all been to like the Bulletproof Conference. We've been to other health conferences. Right. And for those that haven't, you walk in, it's a science fair. Okay. It's, it's, it's gadgets, <laughs> rows of gadgets. You feel yes. like, oh my it's, God, it's, I don't have enough stuff at home. I got to have that and I got to have that to sleep better. And it's overwhelming. And that's why I really love your message because I think it just boils down to the nuts and bolts of like yourself as a person and then your environment, AKA the people around your life. And, start there. You know, that's a great place. And this is actually something Jake and I were talking about the other day. Uh, We've been working on for an upcoming blog post. We'll go ahead and share it now. And that is this thought of, you know, we've all heard the term you, you are the average of the five people um, with whom you surround yourself. And for those people that are listening, that maybe their group of friends just wants to every Friday and Saturday night, get a chicken fried steak and a cold beer. If you're from the South, you'll, you'll understand, (laughs) but you know, Maybe there's something in them that's thinking, you know, I'd like something more. I'd like something different. I'd like to learn. They don't have the circle of influence of friends right now. But in today's age, with the technology and information, it's so easy to create your own friends, whether that be through podcasts. You know, um, one that Jake listens to a lot and we love is Tony Robbins, Pick Up TJ's book. You know, things like that, that you can surround yourself with your own circle of five people where you are now engaging in this positive you know commentary and information and like you just said that will pose questions to make you think outside of your own box and i think that's um a very powerful way to start surrounding yourself with the right
1: Mm -hmm. things amen brother amen amen i love it (laughs) so although
0: although i would like to get to know myself better in one of those hyperbaric chambers yeah yeah, those are pretty sweet jake's waking
2: for uh, a home use you know, yeah, I think we're just gonna start sleeping in them at right <laughs> night. You know, it's,
0: so if if any uh, anybody Dude, with a hyperbaric yeah, chamber, nice, you know, sales rep out there is listening, two fits looking for, uh, we can be some ambassadors. <laughs> TJ,
1: oh yeah, hook it up, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Oh, that's awesome. Um,
2: On that note, TJ, what are some of uh, for the listeners out there, and for our own personal interests, what are some of those physical tools that you have seen a pretty big impact or, or even you tested that you are like, man, this is really cool. I don't even know really how to use it yet,
1: but this is going to be awesome. Right. These are one, <laughs> um, a pair of blue blockers that actually work. Um, <laughs> looking at your relationship to light is like one of those hidden like pieces of health that people don't realize makes a big difference. My buddy in Encinitas, uh, Matthew Blackburn talks a lot about this and his cover photo on his Facebook page, like is beautiful it shows like how the more we get energy from the environment and the sunlight the less food we need and it's and it's like a radical like mindset shift in there but yeah looking at relationship with light and for the sake of the podcast won't get into all the details now but just specifically late at night being mindful of the blue light that you surround yourself with getting great sunlight first thing in the morning is like super valuable and and also knowing your vitamin d levels as well i had an issue that's a whole nother Thing. i have a genetic mutation for my metabolism of vitamin d and i had my micronutrient test was deficient for vitamin d as well so like i had to like be really mindful about getting sunlight and hacking it. And we all know how important d is but yeah some other physical products besides like blue blockers the headphones i'm using right now uh these are dr mercola's hollow air tube headphones mm-hmm. so blocks the radioactive frequency from traveling through you can actually like squeeze it and not hear audio come through. So it blocks the RF right through here. They're not the best for movement. They can kind of fall out, but they're great for this sort of experience. I don't know, like uh, great travel size, like Sun Horse Energy. I mean, you guys are in the supplement game, you probably know about this this adaptogen. Like I love the Mojo 8.5. It's perfect. It's right under travel size. So I travel with that. And then, I don't know, like um, I experiment with CBD quite often. I'm a big fan of, of that as a as a medicine or a supplement. Uh, my lady uses that for her back pain, her SI joint dysfunction, and I can use that for deep sleep as well. Yeah, I'm an ambassador with like uh, a few other companies still. I'm, I'm no longer an ambassador with, with Bulletproof. I'm with uh, Neurohacker Collective. Do some okay. support with them. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. Uh, they launched their first new... Comprehensive nootropic stack called Qualia, mm-hmm. so that's a fun tool to experiment with and upgrade how the brain works.
2: Yeah, yeah what, what are some of those compounds in that one?
1: Man, there's 42 ingredients, and this first stack, it's yeah, yeah and it's a two-step two- step deal, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for a good podcast on it to listen, what it could be someone you guys interview, but uh, Ben Greenfield's got a great, great listen. I, I connected with Ben actually uh, at paleo FX. I, I shared some Qualia with him to try. Anyways, he did a um, big interview with their chief science officer at the time, now just uh, co founder and uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger. Um, mm. And so that'll wake you up is, <laughs> a little bit when it comes to seeing how all these ingredients play together. So, the first step, for example, has vitamin B12 methylfolate, it has L theanine, trying to think of all the ones. There's new PEP, DHEA, caffeine is bound to an ingredient called psilostilbene, not psilocybin, psilocybin, (laughs) psilostilbene, which helps the caffeine to release slower over time. So there's about one cup of coffee in step one of qualia, but it's very subtle and smooth. So it's not too much of a stimulant, but then in the second step, there's like adaptogens and there's a lot of good amino acids, a lot of good stuff going on.
2: Is that something you take daily or just when you need kind of the lift? um, Speaking of of cycling,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking, you know, it's something I, I definitely cycle. And, and, and this is, so this is the, this is what the, uh, the branding looks like. Yeah. yeah. This is one of their new, new guys, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, like you said, it's, it's not an everyday thing. It's a tool and it can help to, cause it's got a lot of other ingredients in there that help the brain, not just like one supplement that's like caffeine. It's a stimulant short term, you know, it's long-term potentiation that they're looking to support people with. Awesome, yeah. man.
0: Well, TJ, give us yeah. the full rundown of the book, the launch, where people can find it. You know everything. What's the mission that uh, that you want to accomplish with it?
1: Thank you for asking. And and I just want to say like how grateful I am to to be on here. You know this this isn't your. I mean, if you're a biohacker, like this isn't just your traditional biohacker book. Like if you're just looking to get into health, like this is this can meet people with like fundamental areas. In their life no matter where they're at on the health spectrum um it's and that's really how it's designed to bring everyone together as well so the book will launch a week from today uh, on publishizer publishizer publish i-z-e-r dot com and then like forward slash the art of health hacking and all that but yeah on the 22nd and this, this is platform be a is down, different downloadable uh so Physical copy PD, uh, physical copy is, um, 60,000 words, like an actual, Hey babe, can you grab the business card? I want to, they're in my bag. I wanted to just show you something really cool that my girl inspired me with. Oh no, it's right here. Never mind. <laughs> so yeah. Just so if people see it on like social or anything else, this is the cover. Sweet.
0: Nice. I love That's that. Great.
1: Yeah. So I put it on a business card here and I thought it would be fun. So the art of health hacking and then, how to elevate your state of health and performance, stress less, and build healthy habits that matter
0: <laughs> in a world. Who doesn't want that, man? That's awesome. Yeah,
1: right. So, this platform is a crowdfunding platform and a digital literary agency. So, I was planning to self publish. I have good close friends that do a lot of work in the self publishing space, but I've decided to give formal publishing a chance. So, as I reach higher levels of pre-orders the goal of 500 which can release the book proposal to a lot more publishers and honestly my dad published his first book at at 28 same age i am now called check the oil about the antique gas station gas pump business and oh wow yeah it's kind of crazy right we'll link to that in the show notes still available. yeah right it's like <laughs> check the oil like should we, have, should we have some uh some mct oil in there like People should check the oils that they're consuming in their <laughs> life right now, too, right? It's really yeah, funny. That's your second book, right? I know, right? I write the second edition of my dad. <laughs> hey, yeah. Your dad already owns the name, so
2: I think you could just parlay that into the health book. 100%. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I would appreciate the support. And there's there's uh, some cool packages in there for some other fun uh, challenges online and in-person events that I'm creating for later in April. Uh, but the book can be a gift for people. It can be a tool for yourself and, and, you know, people that run events or know anyone that thinks that they would be interested in it with uh love the support, man. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You got us. So Count what's us the, down. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. What's the number one takeaway you want people to get from the book?
1: Mm. Man, that question's like, Yeah, I mean, that's important. This is like, whoa, like like the perfectionist in me is like, I don't want to do one thing. Whoa. Well, I think what first drove the reason I wrote it was my experience in modeling and seeing health beyond the physical. So from a specific principle, like that is something that I want to help empower people to see health beyond the physical and how all those other areas connect with the physical as well spiritual, mental, emotional. So yeah, because for me it was I was at a heart opening ceremony that a shaman led and a woman after sharing my story with her shared six words that like radically like brought healing and opened stuff for me. And she said I was more than my looks. You are more than your looks, she said. And we might laugh about it now, but it's like a, a real story that unlocked a lot for me. And and so the healing beyond the physical has been a, a fun one for me. And and Really beautiful to ex- to experiment with, you know. So yeah,
0: I love it, man. We'll drop the mic there. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. drop the yeah. mic. We're ex- I'm excited to check it out. I think it's going to be great, man. I think it's going to change Dude. a lot of people's lives. So we're excited.
1: I am super grateful. I'm still going through early reader edits right now, but it's all coming along. And um, and I uh, appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch with everything. Yeah. So.
2: Cool, brother. Thanks awesome. for
1: the time. Thanks, TJ. Broncos help yeah.